today on Learn Me Something. Synesthesia versus one messed up ski trip. Uh, the calf muscle is really an amazing muscle if you think about it. <laughs> just, just think about it. Just one muscle can lift your whole body without even much effort. Just get on your tiptoes, lifts all of your body weight. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's also the coolest looking muscle when worked out properly. True. Welcome to Learn Me Something. If you haven't listened to this podcast before, it's a competitive teaching podcast where we each teach each other a thing, and then we have you as the listener vote for the winner and the loser, and the loser has to do a punishment. And uh, <laughs> What just <laughs> this happened? Is, uh, my name is Josiah, and uh, this is Caleb. Oh, man. So we're just about to hit record, and Josiah says, hey, I'm going to try something a little bit different when we start recording. Are you ready? And I said, let's do it. And then he said, so the calf muscle. I, it, I was thinking about it this week, and it really is. But I just, I just thought, you know, switch things up a little bit. <laughs> Kick it off with a fun fact. Yeah, have a little uh, icebreaker of a fun fact, or more like a fun observation. Mm. It just it goes unnoticed, I think, too much. It's underrated. Well, I appreciated it in all of yeah. its randomness. Oh, good, good. Um, okay, so last episode, I was the big loser. Yeah. The biggest loser. Do you remember that show? Oh, we used to have watch parties, uh, my family. We would watch that show every week, and then when it was down to, like, the finals, we'd have, like, a little party with people, and it was... Would you, would you, did you have like food, like burgers and donuts and stuff? Yeah, we kept it as fatty as possible. Yeah, yeah. Naturally. Just in irony. Yeah. Just <laughs> it's for, an yeah. ironic party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I lost and I, the punishment was I had to do a thousand push-ups in a week. Yes. And uh, so far I have done 990 push-ups. So I'm going to do my last 10 right now. Yes, I love it. Yeah, so... Um, and then I'll talk about how it went. So, um, I'm going to take out my headphones, but can you kind of cheer me on? Yes. And, uh, give me a little bit of like an encouraging talk, some kind of pep talk. For the last as 10 push-ups. Close out the thousand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here I go. You got this. Josiah, you're doing great. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's go. <laughs> a thousand push-ups in a week. That's actually... Pretty phenomenal, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I'm i proud of myself. It it worked out to be 142 push-ups a day on average. Ooh, sorry, I'm a little... So you did... From, from doing 10 <laughs> push-ups. Clearly, it didn't do that much. But I tried to split it up into like 10 to 20 chunks uh-huh. to, just to keep it manageable. So I wouldn't get sore or... Overtired, so you and that seemed to do you did an even amount each day, like you did the same amount. No, (laughs) some days, some days I did probably 70, and other days I did about 200. (laughs) But yeah, I tried to catch up on the days, I tried to keep it close to that. Mm, So that's good. It was, it was, I think the hardest part was when I got behind and had to like cram a bunch of them in at night. <laughs> that was hard. Yeah. Um, and then just 
I forgot a lot to spread them out throughout the day, so but that was an issue. Do you feel stronger? But uh, uh actually a little bit like pu- their push-ups are a little bit easier now. Nice, that's good. Not that I have been doing a lot at a time, but a little bit, I do you, think. Are you going to keep going? Do you feel like you could up it to like 1,500 next week? I oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really want to. I kind of want to keep keep or bump it down to like 100 a day. I think that'd be Just cool. Just a cool 100, you know. Yeah, something easy. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably do some of them with one yeah, hand I, just to keep things exciting. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want your muscles to get bored. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I might do that. And if if anyone out there wants to do it, a thousand push-ups in a week, let us know, and let us know how it goes, because I'd be interested to see if it's easy or difficult for the average person. I would assume if you split it up like I did, it's not that hard. For a lot of people. What if we offer some sort of prize to a okay. listener who hmm. does a thousand in a one week and has a way to prove it to us and then we give them something? That seems like a fun community building activity. Okay, and if you do that, um, we'll send you a, a little certificate. Yes. That says you are now a part of the Thousand Push-Ups Club. And it'll just be a digital thing, but we'll send it to you. You can print it out and hang it proudly on your wall next to your <laughs> diploma. <laughs> and um, what other, whatever other certificates you are proud of. Yes. And, I love this. Yeah. I think we should... So jo- join the club. I, th- I think we should... Try to get people to do the punishments we have to do every single week. I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, real quick, before we get into the episode, we want to read a review. Yes. That we really liked. That was funny. Can you read that? Because my podcast app is being an idiot. <laughs> yes. Um, this review is from Awkward Abe 2020. Thank you, Awkward Abe 2020, for your review. Um, they said, have you ever caught yourself in a conversation with an awkward silence gap and didn't know what to say? Well, since listening to this podcast, now I know how to fill that silence. Like, did you know you can rent out a whole country or did you know pigeons can detect breast cancer? It's still awkward, but at least it's not silent anymore. Thanks, Caleb and Josiah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, awkward Abe. You're welcome for, uh... Lots of useless knowledge to fill in awkward silences with. Yes, and if you haven't left a review yet, do that now. Do that. Try and make us laugh because uh, awkward Abe. That was a that was very. Good. Yeah, it's gonna be tough very to be creative. awkward Abe, but try. Uh, yeah, I, I applaud awkward Abe twenty twenties. Creativity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, so we usually play a game to decide who goes first. Yes. And uh, yeah. Tell them what we decided for this week. Yeah, this week uh, we pulled up here a uh, never have I ever question generator. So if you've never played never have I ever, each of us are going to hold up five fingers. And then every time we have done one of the things, we have to put a finger away. And whoever runs out (laughs) of fingers first 
Put your, <laughs> Put finger, your finger away. away. Sorry for the awkward way of saying that. But whoever runs out of fingers first loses, and then the winner will get to choose who goes first. Did I, did I explain that well at all? Well, I get it, so I think that's all that matters. <laughs> well, then let's play. They'll figure it out. They're smart. Uh, never have I ever participated in a school prank. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say not... It's hard to classify school prank. I'm going to say no. Because the, the one that you did... I don't know. I don't think it counts. I say we don't include it. Okay. It was more of a sweet gesture with a prank aftertone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I haven't... Yeah, there was nothing really big that I was involved in. Okay, next one. Never have I ever sung karaoke. Uh, I have never done that. Really? Mm-mm. Uh, I have, so my thumb has gone away. <laughs> I'm okay with not doing that. I did it in college at some event. I think we did a Frozen song back when that was in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, never never have I ever accidentally worn a piece of clothing inside out. I'm sure I have. I'm, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't know I, if I have specific I instances. Last, last winter, I accidentally wore two different shoes out of the house and it was it was probably like two hours before i noticed (laughs) oh here's a funny story this reminds me and my mom probably does not enjoy this story but i think it's funny uh i used to have a system whenever she would still drive me to school where i would just take my shoes with me in the car (laughs) and then i would kind of put them on in the car on the way to school as like a last ditch effort to relax a little bit longer you know and so I would frequently forget to bring my shoes to school on accident because I would just get in the car without them. And she'd be like, Caleb Scott. <laughs> Did you uh, ever walk into or like step out of the car without shoes on? No, it was usually, I don't know if we ever made it all the way to the school, but it was usually oh, okay. like sitting at a light and I'd have to be like, uh, uh. uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, Mom. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, never have I ever been to Universal Studios. Um, I have never been there. Okay, me neither. That was easy. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> never. Some of these are weird. Never have I ever blamed a pet for something I did. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are so funny. Never have I ever put peanut butter on a dog's nose. Like I, have you done that? Because I don't. Uh, I, not. I think I probably have. Really? I don't know. I, I probably. Yeah, I think okay. I have. <laughs> well, uh, that makes it. <laughs> we both have three fingers left. This is one of those games that, that you, <laughs> you want to lose. Like if yeah, you put, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It means you have lots of life experience. <laughs> Never have I ever cleaned up by shoving everything under the bed. I'm, I think probably I've done probably. that. Probably. <laughs> I can't think of a specific, but... Um, never have, have I ever laughed at an inappropriate time. Um, I am one of... I'm the only person on earth that hasn't done that. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Who hasn't? I don't know. Also, some of the questions... <laughs> some of the questions that I'm skipping are 
even worse than these. Like, here's one. Never have I ever pretended that vanilla pudding was mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> you ever done that, Josiah? <laughs> <laughs> this one just says, never have I ever, famous singer. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that uh, means... I have never, I have never famous singer. I don't know about you. <laughs> never have I ever eaten food that had already been thrown away. That's just unsanitary. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've done that. You have? Yeah. <laughs> if it's like just sitting in a, if it's like sitting nestled on top of the trash, <laughs> like on a, still on the plate or something, I've got it out and ate it before. But do you have the type of trash can I with mean, a lid on top? Uh, yeah, but. That holds all the trash particles I mean, and just blends them together in there. Yeah, but nothing that like, not that, I haven't like picked a piece of food that's been sitting in there for days <laughs> oh look at this it's apple like, oh whoops <laughs> Ooh, i like a mushy apple i don't know i don't feel like that's that weird if you think that's weird um write a five star review and tell us why <laughs> make sure it's five stars but then tell us why too. <laughs> okay well uh that was one of the more unique ones we've done but uh that was slightly sad that was not as fun as i thought it would. <laughs> uh yeah i it's, don't know it still made me laugh i guess that's what maybe it's more fun to come up with the questions yourself yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe that's what we should have done anyway okay so uh who do you want to go first um you know i think i will go first this time great when you consider the number two what pops into your head? Just picture mm. that number. Squ- square root of four. Okay. We got mathematical. Um, five, five minus three, uh, six minus four, one plus two minus one. <laughs> to name a few. Okay. So th- those are the specific things you think of when someone says two. That's what I, th- <laughs> that's what I think of. Yeah. Some of those. Yeah. Okay, uh, what color is two in your head? Two is uh, blue. Two is blue. Because it, maybe, it, maybe it rhymes? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but when you see a number two written down, is it always blue? It is never a color. I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see colors and numbers that aren't that color. <laughs> Black or gray? I'll say black or gray. Okay. Because that's what's usually written out in. Okay. Because that's the color of the pencil or pen. Uh, so... Are, are you fishing for an answer? No, I'm just kind of messing around. Okay. <laughs> but just I think curious. that I can confirm for you that you do not most likely have synesthesia. Is that correct? I, I do not have synesthesia of any type and that I'm aware of. Do you know what that is? Yes, I do. That's when uh, two senses get crossed. So, like, you'll some people taste words, or you can hear paintings, like hear things that you see. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, that's my topic today. I want to talk about synesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, love it. And uh, once I dove into this a little bit, it actually got pretty interesting. There's some unique things 
around this topic. Oh, I'm sure. And we are yeah. going to dive into it all. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So, you nailed it, by the way. Synesthesia, which yes. I've, I am notorious for mispronouncing words. So, I looked up how to pronounce this one and actually saw some mixed reviews. Some people said synesthesia. Oh, really? Some people just said synesthesia. And some people said synesthesia. So, uh, do you oh. have a preference? Uh, I, I don't know. I've always heard synesthesia with a t. Well, I'm sorry, not a t, but a th. A th. Okay, we're going to go with syn- <laughs> synesthesia. We're going to go with synesthesia with the th variety. Um, <laughs> I bet that sounded great in our microphones. <laughs> we're just blowing air into it. Anyway, uh, so synesthesia is exactly what you said. It is a neurological condition that causes the brain to process data in the form of several senses at the same time. And let me just start by saying I really wish that I had this. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Yeah, I, I, I learned about this in high school, I think. And I feel like I've heard that John Mayer has it. Is that true? Did you look into people who have it? I did. I didn't see him on the list, but I've heard that too. Maybe it was you who told me that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) All right. Go ahead. So it's pretty uncommon. Here's an interesting fact. It's pretty uncommon. So most people agree that about 2 to 4% of the population have synesthesia, which is actually more than I would have guessed. But, oh, that's a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Here's yeah. what's interesting, which this makes sense the more you think about it. One article I read said that around 20 to 25% of artists, writers, and musicians also have this. So it's much higher in like wow. super creative people, which I don't know if they're creative as a result of the extra sensory input or if... Yeah. They have that because they're more creative by nature. But it's an interesting statistic to think about. So uh, the other cool thing about synesthesia is people still don't know very much about it. So it it wasn't seriously studied until around 1970. Um, They do know that it's genetic. And they know that it has something to do with the brain, which makes sense. Uh, But there's a couple (laughs) different theories of why it happens, and no one knows for sure what's going on in your brain to cause this to happen. But I wrote down a couple of the theories in case you're interested. The first one, and I think this one is the most popular, is from someone called Simon Baron Cohen and uh, from the University of Cambridge, His theory is that people with synesthesia have an overabundance of neural connections in their brain. So basically, each sense in the brain is kind of assigned to separate modules within your brain. And in normal people, the modules which have neural connections don't really communicate. But with people with synesthesia, for some reason, those different modules communicate with each other. Um, That's one popular theory. Another Mm. popular theory is from Peter Grossenbacher from Naropa University. He thinks that uh, 
Single sense areas of the brain get feedback from multi-sensory areas. So there's certain parts of the brain that take in multiple senses at a time, and there are certain parts that are focused on just one, and he thinks that the information to and from those kind of get jumbled somehow, for lack of better scientific wording. <laughs> it gets tossed about in there. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. Mixed up. Yeah, so usually in people, multisensory information returns to the single sense area that it is kind of designated to, but in the theory for this guy is that synesthesia causes it to get jumbled up somewhere in the mix. Um, and then a third and last kind of popular theory is from Daphne Marer from McMaster University. That's McDonald's University. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Well, maybe it is. I made that. Wow. I might have made that up. Um, That'd be a good guess. But uh, she says that everybody has these connections that connect all the senses together, but for some reason only certain people have the ability to use the connection. So they're kind of dormant in most people, but they're active in these certain people for whatever reason. Oh, it's like how, uh, it's like how everybody can, um, raise your eyebrows, but not everybody can raise only one eyebrow. Yeah. For some, which that's weird too. You could probably do a whole <laughs> I, learn uh, something I, topic on that. I'm trying right now for anyone who can't oh, see yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've so, been practicing. It's pretty hard. I've been training. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So those are the popular theories, but again, People don't really know. They're just ran randomly. Some of the people in the world have these super cool sensory superpowers, and uh, we don't really know why. And I think that that kind of stuff is super exciting. Um, another interesting thing, there was one study done that showed that children who grew up hearing and speaking two languages were more likely to have synesthesia. So hmm. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but... So it could potentially be developed. Maybe. And like trained. Which, yeah, makes me really, really want to figure out how to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so enough about the science, because we hate science enough here on that. Learn Me Something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to get into some of the types, which you mentioned a couple of them, some of the types of synesthesia. Because there are over 60 documented types or different ways wow. that senses are connected. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, which is super crazy. I wrote down some of the most popular and then some of the more interesting ones. Um, so the first one, and this is the most common form of synesthesia, which is why I was blabbering about numbers so long earlier at the start of my topic. Um, it is... Okay. Grapheme color synesthesia, and that is the condition where letters and numbers have certain colors in your mind, which I tried to read an article from someone who has synesthesia that was kind of explaining how it is for them, and I just don't quite get how it works. Yeah. But when mm -hmm. you see... 
when people see like numbers or letters or like days of the week, uh, they see them in certain color. And so if you were to ask someone with synesthesia, like what does C look like? They would say, oh, that's like an auburn or a baby blue. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A burnt umber. Yeah, but the, what's interesting is it's consistent. So they all, like, everything is associated with a color, and it'll always be associated with a color. So it's not just they see numbers and then see colors. Each number is, like, assigned a color. and So does that mean each color is a number also? So if they see that Auburn, then they think of that number. I read, I, I tried to figure that out as well. And I read some conflicting yeah. things, but the consensus seems to be that it doesn't, it's not reversible. So if they see that color, they mm. might not think of whatever number it is associated with. Probably in the same way. A big thing uh, that this article talks about is how it's normal for them the way our senses work normally are is like normal and reasonable for us like it's not something that i think surprises them it's just something that's there so like yeah we see colors and we see things that are associated in colors like my guitar is red or something but when i see the same shade of red i don't immediately think of my guitar just because it has that shade yeah so i don't think it's reversible yeah um okay but um real real quick you saying that reminded me of a video i saw a long time ago i'll try and find it and link it uh below um but i saw a guy who's able to do really complex math problems in his head uh, because he sees numbers as shapes and adding them together, he sees, uh, one number as a certain shape. And then the way that another number slash shape like fits into that shape and how they kind of like fit together makes up a new number. If I'm remembering correctly, I'll link it below. That's so cool. But that's, I had heard about that before where he, he thinks of numbers as shapes and he just puts the shapes together to add them. Or something. That's so cool. And like again, there's there's no way that I can know what that's like, but yeah, there's no way to yeah. I'll try and link understand that below. how that would yeah work. <laughs> yeah, because that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> right. Um. Actually, that's one of them. Uh, one of the types that I'm going to talk about later here. Okay. I, I th- yeah. Would okay. guess is where that would fit in. And again, there's so many different types okay. and that's what's so cool about synesthesia is there's so many different ways to combine senses in different, you know, in different, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that there's so many different combinations of synesthesia. Yeah. Um, the next one, which is also pretty popular and it's kind of the one that you hear the most about and it's the one that I think I'm most jealous of is sound to color synesthesia. And so that is yeah. the people who, well, it's, it's just what it sounds like. Every, like a certain noise, they'll see like a physical color swirl in the air. And that's, I think, what John Mayer probably has. Um, okay, yeah. 
And so that is what allows people to see music, which is, would I, it's just unbelievable. Like, it would be so cool. It reminds mm-hmm. me of Ratatouille, the way, you know, he's like making yeah, food and he can see. the scene where he eats the strawberry, then he eats yeah. the cheese. Which yeah, I didn't think about good. that before, yeah. but that totally is synesthesia that they just threw into that yeah. plot. Huh. I need to watch that again. Now that I understand the science of what that rat is going through. <laughs> <laughs> what that talking, there. cooking rat is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just there's a lot to deconstruct and to like see what's going on in his brain. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, study um, it. Here's another one. That is pretty cool. This one's pretty uncommon. Oh, this one is... Oh, never mind. This would not be Ratatouille. This one is called Lexical... uh, Forgive me for probably mispronouncing everything. This was called Lexical Gustatory or Gustatory Synesthesia. And this is when you You can taste words and sounds and emotions, believe it or not. Like, you can taste the okay. way you see someone feel. And I think that what? that is... <laughs> that's, that's a little creepy. I think that, <laughs> that is wild. Like, if you, if you feel the anger in a room, you can, like, taste the anger. Uh, and I just taste the anger. You could, you could taste it. Maybe, there, maybe that's the origin of the saying, like, uh, you could just cut the tension with a knife. <laughs> maybe tension tastes like butter or mm. something. Or like a loaf Maybe of bread. Maybe a loosely, like a easily cuttable <laughs> loaf of bread. <laughs> um, that also made me think of, uh, not this specific type, but it also made me think of like seeing red when you're angry, that saying. I wonder if that oh. can also oh. be linked. Yeah, maybe. Like anger is associated with red. We're probably reading too far into these super common sayings, but you never know. I don't know. It's kind of cool. Uh, I remember our uh, senior year English teacher uh-huh. said that she had this. Do you remember? No. Do you remember? Okay, so she said she has the one where you can taste words. So she there was some specific word that she said, I remember, every time she hears it or reads it, I think. Maybe it's one or the other. She tastes uh, tomato soup. Huh. Or something like tomato soup. Can you choose? Can and you decide what it thought, tastes like? I'd have everything be chocolate cake. Yeah, like... Or like, uh, like if the is <laughs> sardines or something. Ooh, yeah, that that would not. Well, I guess you'd probably like, get used to it. Get used to it, yeah. Uh, I don't it, know, because it's not. You're not like actually tasting it, are you? It's just. It's all, all about brain. what you, how your brain cross cross connects different nerves. That's so fascinating. Oh, synesthesia is so cool. Um, that one was interesting to me because. Of the emotions part, being able to taste emotions. I yeah, think that's that, so fascinating. That's wild. Um, the next one is called mirror touch synesthesia. And that is when... Oh, this one's weird too. You can physically feel when other people are being touched. So you see someone touch someone Whoa. on the arm and you can feel that on your arm. What in the world? That How weird is that? <laughs> That gives me like the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> like, what if what if you're just like watching a movie 
and there's just like a fight scene. Ow! Ow! But then, ow! Ow! Stop! So you just like have to cover your eyes for all the fight <laughs> scenes, or just close your eyes. Yeah. How? I I don't know. Like the extent. Maybe it's not like any type of touch. Maybe it's like you can only feel it if it's like a tap on the arm or like a specific spot. But that one is just crazy to me. Oh, you know what? You know what I love. If anyone listening has synesthesia, synesthesia of any kind, or knows somebody who does, um, I'd like. We should post a see if we can post a video of somebody just like explaining yeah. the type that they have and what it's. That like. would be cool. Yeah, if you're listening and you've got, yeah, especially one of these types or any type of synesthesia, for sure, uh, shoot us a message on like Instagram or, uh, yeah, or yeah. Or post it on your story or something, and we'll repost it. Because, yeah, I want to hear what it's like from the people who have Yeah, there are some fun like, articles. I don't know. Um, from people with synesthesia, just kind of writing what it's like for them. I read one fun one that was like, I don't know if they were sisters or just friends. I can't remember. But they both had it. And they were like, uh, they said they had fights on like, no, uh, like... The number three is not that color. That's ridiculous. It's a burnt <laughs> orange. It's not bright yellow. What are you thinking? <laughs> That's pretty strange. Uh, okay, moving on here. The next one is called Ordinal Lingui... <laughs> okay, I'm going to start. <laughs> Linguini. Thinking back to Ratatouille again. Man, I'm doing extra bad today on pronouncing things. Uh... No, you're all this good. one is, I'm just going to start over, Ordinal Linguistic Personification. Oh, oh, I forgot about this one. This one's weird, too. This one gives personality traits to items that are, like, in a list. So for the alphabet, for example, A could be cowardly, and B would be strong, and C would be brave. Like... Just random, specifically, or like items the in number a list. four would be happy. Just have personalities for things in your uh, just random lists. How strange is that? I wonder if that can help you remember lists, like your shopping list. If you uh, just want to remember it and not bring anything, you could just like think, okay, the eggs are angry <laughs> and. The milk is sad, and you like put a characteristic towards it, and you can remember That's stuff. That's actually it. funny that you mentioned that because I had this in my next section, but it fits right here. Um, they've tested a lot of these people with synesthesia, and they found that most of them have significantly better memory from mm. being able to like remember a lot more things because it's linked to more than one sense. Mm-hmm. So there's more ways to yeah. remember it. I think that that's so cool. Okay, uh, I've got one more type, and then we'll move on a little bit to what it's like, and we'll talk about a couple famous people. Um, This last type, this is the one that is by far the hardest for me to grasp. Um, It is conceptual synesthesia, and this is when abstract concepts are... In your vision as physical shapes, so so like, math. Oh, I know. I can I can grasp this one. Uh, freedom <laughs> is 
<laughs> red, white, and blue with uh, 50 stars. Oh, red, white, and blue, stripes. baby. <laughs> Welcome to the U.S. of A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but this is where I think, this is the one I think where that guy you were talking about from the video with the math, I think that's where this fits in. Because one yeah. of the specific things okay. that I read about this one is like mathematical concepts. You can fit abstract mathematical formulas and methods and you can see those yeah. as a shape, okay. which is cool that you knew of an example of one because I was really struggling with what that would be. And then other things. Yeah. Oh, this is so, this one's so crazy to me. Other things are like time. They can put time into shapes. So however you think that would work in your head, <laughs> I don't know. One thing I read said that in certain instances, like three o'clock, if you had a calendar, three o'clock would be further away physically than like something you had at one thirty. I... I I have no idea what time would look like physically for them. I guess I this is the thing that I think is closest to what I how I think of months uh-huh. of the year, but it's it's not synesthesia, but it's because I learned months of the year like this where um so at 12, 3, 6 and 9 o'clock is October, January, April uh-huh. and July. So I think of uh, July as being nine o'clock. So like right now we're almost, we're like at one o'clock. So you've got a way to picture it. Which is kind of, yeah, it's not synesthesia, but like I kind of can understand what that's like. Just thinking of January as the right side, July as the left side. But So I I feel like I can kind of understand that a little bit, but I know it's not the same thing. Yeah. No, you're right. That makes sense. The thing that throws me off, though, is you see it as physical shapes. So, like, you can visualize January being far to the left, December being far to the right, and then all the months kind of scattered in between. But what do they look like? Like, when you look at them, that's what I'm like. I just want to know. What's the shape? (laughs) What does Are January they like seasonal? Look like? like is October a pumpkin and November is a turkey and yeah, oh, that would be festive. fun. December is a tree, a Christmas tree, <laughs> not just any tree, <laughs> or a snowman. I feel like it's got to be some really weird, like colors, yeah, and shapes some or kind of random swirling based on what we've heard before. Uh, yeah, I I'm gonna move on because I. It's kind of starting to hurt my head okay. trying to figure out what time would look like to me physically. Um, okay. <laughs> I read a little bit about what it's like. Again, I talked about they saw significantly better memory. Um, most people, from what I read, view it as a gift and they're happy they have it. But I did read that uh, it can be uncomfortable at times. So like, if there's a number written down and it's in the wrong color, like your association is dark blue and that's like a bright red, then that feels off to them, I guess. Uh, Oh, here's one from a guy with synesthesia, with the lexical gustatory synesthesia, 
who says that if a certain name doesn't taste right, then it's hard to like that person even after they've met, like as a first impression, if their name doesn't taste right to them, it's hard to like them. Yeah, because something's just <laughs> off. Mm, that, yeah. I don't like that. Could, could you know. imagine uh, walking up? Hi, I'm Caleb. Ooh. <laughs> 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 That's the grossest name I've ever tasted. Okay, bye. <laughs> uh, and then another thing I read is there's just some sensory overload, which makes sense because the senses are literally yeah. overloaded. Yeah. Uh, how to test for it? Yeah. A lot of the, the big thing they do is search for consistency. So, if you were to get tested for it, you they would show you one number at a time randomly and then you would with kind of the photoshop, you know, the array of colors where the bottom is black and the top is white. And then you've got the colors in between. You yeah. choose you drag that around and choose what color is associated with that number. Then it moves on to the next number. And then randomly, it'll go back and hit the same numbers multiple times. And at the end, if the shades of color were exactly the same, then you have synesthesia because it's consistent. But if you don't have synesthesia, you can't remember the exact tone that you picked. So you don't get it right. Even if you try to, like, oh. guess what it was. Remember. But for, yeah. for someone with synesthesia, they already know, like, they can look at that number and see just, the color, so then they just match the tone, so it's exact every time. Uh, which is really yeah. cool. And I thought about taking the test, but it would have just made me sad that I don't have this. Okay, and then very last thing, and then I'm done. Uh, I just found some famous people that have synesthesia. So John Mayer, I think you're right. I didn't see him on the lists I looked at, but I remember hearing that as well. Maybe in an interview. Does Taylor Swift? Uh, I didn't see anything about Taylor Swift. Is she on the list? Okay. I feel like I've heard yeah, of her too. I, I, really, I don't know about Taylor Swift, but I really think John Mayer has it. Um, Billy Joel had it, and... Okay. Well, he's still alive. So he's, I mean, <laughs> he still does. He still it hasn't disappeared. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, I think of anybody who's not like current and trendy in the past tense. <laughs> They're probably dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so he said a lot of times like that had huge effects because he could see colors for sounds. He said that would have a huge effect on the kind of music that he made. And so mm. he like vivid, bright colors would be super sharp, kind of intense in your face melodies. And then softer blues would be kind of calmer melodies, which that makes sense to me. I could picture that association. And then he said he, a lot yeah. of times lyrically, he would work things a certain way so that the colors would be right. So he didn't want to like mismatch colors in his lyrics. Yeah, right? yeah. whatever that means. <laughs> whatever that synesthesia is. <laughs> so the colors are right. <laughs> okay, sure. okay. Sure thing, Billy Joel. Um, another one. Pharaoh, 
Pharrell. <laughs> Pharrell Williams. <laughs> um, he has it. And okay, yeah. Kind I of mentioned. That. A lot of the musicians mention kind of the same thing. Um, oh, here's a cool one, though. Lord, pop, famous pop singer Lord, um, has it. Right. And she said that she would, like, paint songs, kind of. So everything was, she could see the color for all of it, and she would kind of paint the song. And she said when she started a project, she could see what it looked like. Even if it was not super clear yet, she could still see, which is very interesting. Here, pull up, pull up her most recent album cover. Um, does she even has she made music in a while? I haven't it's heard like, anything about. Uh, not that I, not that <laughs> it's looking like. Um, but this. This last album cover is, I guess maybe it's not crazy oh, colors, but it's just melodrama. oranges and blues. I, I wonder if that has, yeah, I wonder if that has to yeah, do with it at all. Yeah, let me actually look up for her real fast. Because um, there's a little article where she talks about it, and she talked about this, I think. Um Uh, she said it helped her write. She has sound color synesthesia. That means that she sees specific colors when certain notes are played. Um, and her next album, Melodrama, is expected to release in June. So this article is pretty old. <laughs> uh, she said each song okay. <laughs> is a creation of her imagination, synesthesia, and collaborators. So all of the songs are kind of like closely related to synesthesia, which is really fascinating. I would love to be able to write music in this way. Yeah, I real quick, I actually saw a while ago uh, an art series that this lady did who has synesthesia, and she... I want to say it was Jimi Hendrix, but I'll link it below. But she did a series of paintings uh -huh. of different songs. Oh, that's songs, cool. Um, of a s specific artist. So I think maybe we can just show that as a example of what this type of yeah, series for sure. would look like. Uh, here's a direct quote that she told the New York Times. She said, from the moment I start something, I can see the finished song, even if it's far off and foggy. Um. It's all about getting the actual thing to sound like what I've been seeing. How crazy is that? Mm. Like that's a whole, that's yeah, a whole other world of thinking that oh I haven't un I haven't unlocked that level yet. I'm still the level below it. Yeah, yeah, you got to upgrade somehow. I wonder if there's a relationship between uh, artists with synesthesia and. Uh, artists who become popular and successful I know. making art as a career. Yeah, I don't know. Music. Like maybe it helps you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I did read. This is kind of off topic, but I did read that car companies sometimes would hire synesthesia. There's a term for synesthesia people. It's, but I don't know how to pronounce it, so I've refrained. But it's like. Synesthetes or syn synthetes or something like that. 
Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, they Six. would hire them to help them make cars and use colors that people would like because they could, are, I guess, are in more in tune with the colors, to put it weirdly poetically. I guess when you can sense, or when you can mm. see one thing and sense it in multiple ways, that helps you do better. I would think, which would support the theory that, because like if you wrote music and you thought the song sounded good, but the colors looked really bad, then you would change the song, even if the song sounds good. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Anyway, last two, Vladimir Nabokov. um, He has a great guy. Oh, he's great. Uh, He... (laughs) He's a writer. He has it, and he actually wrote a memoir about it called Speak Memory. Uh, so if you're interested in that, okay. there it is. And then last one, Vincent Van Gogh had it, and it was diagnosed. And they said oh. they think it actually limited him more than it helped him in his case because he got yeah, – he was definitely he was crazy, crazy. But he got piano lessons when he was a kid. And his piano teacher kicked him out and said that he was going crazy because he could see this, or yeah, he could see colors associated with the sound of each note. And she thought he was crazy. So that may have just been the start of people calling him crazy. Hmm. Yeah, maybe he wasn't actually crazy for cutting his ear off, but he was just <laughs> misunderstood. Maybe cutting your ear off is some awesome <laughs> synesthesia uh, thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't know. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't relate, but maybe. Uh, anyway, there you have it. Um, I just, if you're interested, there's like a billion different types and combinations of synesthesia. And I just mentioned kind of the most common or the weirdest. Yeah. Um. So if you're interested, you can go look at a lot more of them. That's really cool. I'm glad you talked about this. It's really interesting to think about. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fun one, I think. Yeah. Can you develop... You can't develop it, can you? I mean, you, you talked about potentially kids can, From, but yeah, that's... later in life, there's no evidence of that. From what I've read, it's pretty much genetic and inherited. Yeah, okay. Most or 40% of the people that have synesthesia have a family member who also has it. So it's okay. mostly passed down through That's your genetics. That's what it seems to be. Which means I don't know mm. what in the world that stat about the kids with two languages was. Maybe you can yeah, as a, develop it as a kid. But I think, I think for the most part, it would be a long shot. We can try, yeah. but... Okay, yeah. Uh, I think if I were to pick one, I would try to get sound as color. That seems pretty cool. I just think that would be... So, like, in my head, I'm picturing like a little Aurora Borealis flying around in yeah. front of you. That changes yeah. with whatever you're listening to. I think that'd be so cool. I would assume that is what hallucinogenics are like. 
Yes, and actually, that's funny you said that. I w- didn't put this in here because I didn't care enough, but you can get this for a time with <laughs> drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so drugs like LSD are actually tested yeah. to increase or give you this kind of ability. Really? That's pretty interesting, actually. Yeah, so uh, you can you can kind of force it for a little bit, but I think it also has some pretty negative side effects. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like becoming a drug addict, I think, would be probably the worst. Potentially, yes. Yes. Which is usually not great, you know. <laughs> not preferable. <laughs> anyway, there you have okay. it. There's synesthesia. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad we ended up... Or, finished talking about drugs because uh it's my turn to present now unless you have anything else you want to finish uh no that was it and i'm kind of excited about this segue okay (laughs) it was that was a good transition um on my part so let me just pat myself on the back (laughs) okay um okay so today i'm going to be teaching you about uh a finnish soldier named imo koivinen Say that. Say that after me. I'm a koivinen. I'm I'm a koivinen. Good job. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so uh, like I said, he he's from Finland. He's a soldier. He was deployed in northern Russia uh, during World War II. Okay. On a ski patrol, so he was out in the snow with his patrol on oh, the cross country skis. The coolest type that you could be. That's so awesome being a skis a skiing soldier. Um, so at this point, uh, Finland was allied with Germany and they were fighting the Soviet Union. And, uh, so Imo's troop got intel that there were some strange happenings going on, Mm -mm -mm. uh, north of where they were. So their patrol went, they got orders. All right, go check it out. See what's happening. Um, so, and Imo, his, uh, commander said, Hey, we're going to go do this. And he was going to go on vacation, but he said, uh, sure, I'll go. I've, I, I like cross-country skiing. I think I'm a good skier. Um, <laughs> I got nothing going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, they skied nonstop for two days, Okay. starting um, Mar- March 18th. The date is sort of important. Um, so non- nonstop for two days, everybody's just completely exhausted. They stopped, set up camp in some trees um, to rest, warm up, make a fire, um, but all that kind of came to a halt when their watchman opened fire and then that fire was eventually returned, which means bad guys. <laughs> so they were ordered to take positions, take battle position, but Imo and some of the other guys were like, uh, I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> and they, they were starting to get surrounded hearing gunfire from farther and farther around them. So they just tried to get out of there, get out of there. <clears throat> As one should. Excuse me. Um, yes. And so they skied away. Uh, Soviets were started following them. It's kind of hard to lose somebody in the snow when they can just ski in your tracks. Um, so they had, they had to keep up speed. And after not sleeping for two days, completely exhausted, like I said, uh, Imo led the way. And he was so tired. Oh, <laughs> Uh, can't even imagine. I can't. Um, all the adrenaline's running out. 
Um, but the men behind him were like, come on, we're getting shot at. You got to go. <laughs> and so that's when he remembered. Um, he maybe, maybe thought about this the whole time. But he pulled out the troop supply of pervitin. Um, and pervitin is a pill that was used by the Germans. And the Finns started using it. Um, but it's also called pilot salt or tank chocolate. Oh, I love it. It's like a fun tank chocolate. Um, So it helps with alertness and can help people keep moving even if they're super tired. And it kind of gets them out of the, like makes them a little bit happier and kind of helps them forget the terrors of war. Oh. Um, So it's it's a little intense. That's a long list of benefits (laughs) that that thing has. Yes. um, And so he wasn't super into... Like he he didn't like the idea of taking one, but he's like, I we're gonna die if I don't. So he he dumped it out into his mitten, but he tried to just dump out one, but all of them dumped out, and he's like just like completely just shaken up and not running on any sleep. So he just pops them all. No. Um, Lesson one oh one is just if anything is don't do that. Don't do that. So it was. It ended up being thirty pills, <laughs> and the recommended dose is one. And pervitin also goes by another name, methamphetamines. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow! Right. Okay. So he he felt great at first. He's like, "This is. I'm feeling so awesome." That was great. <laughs> I love and then, this. And then he, then he lost consciousness. Oh. And this is kind of the story where the story goes off the rails. Um, and this story has really no point other than it's really interesting and kind of like a story of the triumph of the human spirit and the human body. Mm, just like so, Cleveland. Uh, good callback. <laughs> so there's, there's really nothing super wholesome about that, about the story. Other than that, I thought maybe I should just clear that up. Um, but anyway, so he, he loses consciousness and after he wakes up, his clip is gone because he learns afterwards that his his troop had taken it because he was like starting to go a little crazy uh-huh. and they didn't trust him with it. But he wakes up, nobody's there. He doesn't know if he left them or they left, they left him. But he they're nowhere to be found. And his distance on the map puts him 62 miles from where they retreated from the, the Russian soldiers. Oh, my. So he's been skiing for a long time, mm-hmm. 62 miles, uh, which is about 100 kilometers. So he, he sat down to regroup. He has no food. All his ammo's gone. His clip's taken, like I said. He finished off his um, meth. He decides to go back to the... His meth's gone. <laughs> the provisions all gone. He decides to go back to the rendezvous point that they had decided before. Um, and then he looks to his side, and his troops are there. And he sees some smoke up ahead, and they're arguing, and he's like, uh, yeah, we should probably go there. And then uh, he wakes up, and that was not real. <gasps> he had fallen down a hill, and the troops are gone. But the smoke is actually there. The smoke was real, oh. but the troops weren't. His his troops. So he's like, okay, that must be a German a German post. we got to get Let's there. Let's make it happen. Because I just, something, he's like, I'm probably going to die with all this who knows what inside. <laughs> so he starts skiing. Um, he sees people there, a bunch of people. 
as he gets closer, he realizes it's, it's Russians. It's the bad guys. Oh, good. But it's too late to stop because he's going downhill on skis. He can't, like, stop and hike back up. So he just plows right through what? the middle of their camp. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he said that some guys actually moved their feet as he... <laughs> Was skiing through. To, Can you to imagine? Oh, oh, well, they, oh, okay, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so a couple. There's only a couple shots fired. He made it out of there and was like, "Okay, this is real bad now. I gotta, I gotta keep going." So a couple guys start tailing him. Like I said, they just get in his tracks and start skiing after him. Um, but there was a pretty bad storm. He hikes up a mountain, skis down. He loses him. Um, and he decides to make some tea, sit down, make a fire, make some tea, which is just like a, a fun little hygge. A little bit of hygge for thing. him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he he uh, breaks off some pine tips. You know, uh, pine saplings, the end has a little nub thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You can boil those and make some tea, and I guess there's some kind of health benefits. So he makes some tea, um takes a nap, sleeps for the night, gets up and skis for a full day, does it again, takes a nap, finishes off the pine tip tea, and he wakes up to a wolverine walking towards him, prowling. So he gets his knife out, and just as it's jumping to him, he reaches out to stab it, but he wakes up. That wasn't real either. (laughs) And he... And he's just punched a tree and broken his compass that was in his hand. No. So, <laughs> so poor guy. He's a little upset. He's a little upset, but he gets up and he keeps skiing. Just keeps skiing. And then he sees an old friend of his named Ollie. You can probably guess where this is going. It's not real. Um, and Ollie's like, hey, um, come chill, come take a break. And then Ollie's like, oh, we got to keep going. But leave your gun and your backpack and your cooking pot here. And Imo's like, okay, whatever Don't you listen say. To Ollie. And then he regains, <laughs> he, <laughs> he regains consciousness, realizes he's, he's like in the middle of skiing. Ollie's not real, of course. He's in the middle of nowhere. And he he has nothing with him. He just left left his gun, his backpack, and his cooking pot. Um, but he sees a cabin uh, out in the woods, um, and this is real, by the way. Okay, I, at this point, I would be seriously doubting. <laughs> <laughs> um, sees a cabin. He makes a fire. He's just so out of it. He just makes a fire in the middle of the floor, and uh, the fire, as you can imagine, starts to grow mm-hmm. because it's being fed by the cabin floor. But he's like, "Yeah, it's okay." I'm I'm warm, so he just kind of, as the fire grows, he just scooches back a little bit. <laughs> Eventually, the whole cabin catches on fire, so he moves to the sauna and stays warm in there for a while. Nice. Kind of a bummer that he burnt down that cabin, though. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> then he, then he does what he's always done these last couple days. He just keeps skiing, mm. and finally, he finds a German post. And he's so excited. He gets up to the the entrance into the gate, but he steps on a mine. <gasps> and uh, he looks, it blows him a couple meters away. 
he looks down at his left leg. It's all, he said there's bones sticking out different directions. And Holy it looks like cow. his muscle has been grated. So he crawls to the dugout in the middle of the camp. And he, as he opens the door, he sees this bright light. And then he regains consciousness. He's about 30 feet away. And he realizes that the door had been, uh, there was a trip, some kind of trip mechanism. And there was a bomb in there. So at this point, he's had his leg blown up. He's been blown back. And so he's just laying in this little ditch. And at this point, he's like, okay, I'm going to die. So he makes a little fire, melts some water, or melts some snow, drinks some water, uh, wraps his some of his shirt around his leg to bandage it up. Mm-hmm. Completely drugged up. And... Uh, <laughs> In, and just days pass. He doesn't know what's day, what's night. Um, he doesn't know how long he's been out there. He dreams about food a lot, just like in and out of consciousness and dreams. And uh, he sees a Siberian jaybird just flutter ever so gracefully next to him. Mm. Um, and I forgot to say, in the blast of the of the uh, the po- the door of the uh-huh. post. He gets blown back. He has a ski pole in his left hand and the handle of the door in his right hand. Um, so he takes, when the bird gracefully lands, he takes the ski pole and just gives it a, a thwack. <laughs> and he he kills the bird, plucks the feathers, eats it raw. Oh. Because you got to do what you got to do. I guess. And he said he, he said he didn't expect it to taste good, but he was so hungry that it tasted surprisingly good. Yeah. That's not awesome. Didn't he have a fire going? <laughs> uh, maybe it went out. I don't know. And at this point, his brain's kind of mush. Yeah. Prob- I would assume. Poor guy. Um, as is most of his body. He hears. Yeah, he hears some. Some shots, which is either good news or bad news. Um, it ends up to be. Some Finns, some Finnish soldiers. Soldiers. He says, "Hey, I need uh-huh. help." They're like, uh, "Our captain just got just stepped on a mine too. We got to help him. Then we'll come back for you." And I'm almost <laughs> like, um, "I'm gonna die. You should save me." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, we'll be back. I promise." Later, he um, he sees a plane. He waves his skiing pole with his hat on top of on the end of the ski pole. Waves uh-huh. the plane down. They come. They they say okay stay there we're gonna defuse all the all the mines and take care of these and then we'll come get you and the last thing he remembers is just being dragged away on the snow just completely exhausted and just like this harrowing journey through the Siberian <laughs> wilderness and uh, he finally has rescue so all in all the journey took a total of two weeks from when he first left. Um, Holy cow! And and started skiing out and being saved. So he was outside in the woods, only having eaten. Uh, I guess I think it said he had a sandwich that morning when he first left. Some pine tip tea and then a Robert. Um, when he got to the ho- a hospital, his heart rate was at two hundred beats per minute, which Holy is cow. two to three two to three times average. Yeah. And he weighed 95 pounds. He's just skin and bones. That's crazy. Um, Yeah. Uh, The air temperature over the last week 
was between negative 4 and negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And uh, so he laid it, laid in that ditch at the German outpost for a week. Holy cow. At least. And and they took the the total distance from when he where he first left to the German post and it ended up being 250 miles. What? No yeah. way. That's like just completely absurd to ski that <laughs> far 250 miles on such little food yeah and, and like i guess he he do, he doesn't even remember a lot of it just like he's just skiing on autopilot or something <laughs> and he he en- he ended up living until 1989 and he died at 71 wow so he survived and everything yeah so that like I said, there's no, <laughs> the story is he, he lived at the end, but <laughs> just the fact that he, he accidentally took 30 pills of <laughs> meth and then skied, skied for two weeks, <laughs> smacked a bird and ate it raw with his ski pole, stepped on a mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Burnt the cabin down. That is a wild <laughs> yeah. story right there. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, anyway, just very interesting to me how the human body can do more than you think it can. And this, <laughs> this is like, I want to turn it into something redemptive. Turn it into like a motivational yeah. speech. Especially when you're, but like, overdosing on meth. You can do even more, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> This is not an encouragement to do that. It's, I actually discourage you to do that. But I don't know. Just can you imagine having to ski 200? And you know what? That was in a week, I guess, because he laid there for a week. He laid there for a week, yeah. In the ditch. So, oof. That that puts my 1,000 push-ups in a week to shame. To ski 250 <laughs> miles. <laughs> in a week. Wow. That is So yeah, insane. there's the wild story of Imo Koivinen. Where do you get this stuff? Where did you find this story? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like to keep my sources tight. Okay. Tight-lipped. Okay, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that is... Once again, our our topics are completely different. Yeah. Are they kind of linked there at the very end? Maybe he got yeah. to experience synesthesia at one day in oh. his two-week methamphetamine journey. Maybe. You never know. I wonder what getting... Uh, <laughs> I would have gotten really dark. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder <laughs> what getting blown up by a mind smells like or tastes like. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but I bet... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what uh, skiing, what shape skiing has, Mm. or what color pine tip tea is. I wonder what personality burning down a cabin has. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Big, big things to ponder. (laughs) 
Uh, well, we kind of flipped it. Last episode, you talked about something yeah, yeah, informative, yeah. and I told a story, and then we switched it. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I don't know. Stories are just fun. Yeah, I like, they are fun. I want to be a better storyteller. Mm. So hopefully that was, that was entertaining. But. You, th- you threw quite a bit of good content within the story that I appreciated. Okay. It, yeah, it's a little bit... Uh, complicated, just him going in and out of consciousness, and what's real and what's <laughs> not. Oh, and uh, the the source for this is he he wrote about it. This is uh, a translation from him, so uh-huh. you can actually read read a translated version of what he wrote. His, that's so online. Crazy. Yeah, and there's a little Could bit you... a little bit more detail, but this is the basics. I just imagine he's like he has to stop writing every once in a while and just shake his head and chuckle at himself. <laughs> like, oh, I forgot about that part. For <laughs> a oh yeah, <laughs> well, that was rough. Smashed. Oh, yep. Rode the skis right through the Russian camp. That's okay. Oh. Yep. <laughs> he he said that's like the one time that he said, yeah. Thinking back on that, skiing through the camp and then <laughs> trying to out ski them was horrible. He said he just he didn't look back. He just like kept going. But can also just think about how cool you would feel immediately after having survived. Like, I mean, that's the enemy and they're just hanging out. Just imagine their faces as they look over. Like, that seems like a very almost Marvel thing, you know, where it just does something yeah. that you wouldn't expect and it's really cool. And then. Yeah, or some kind like, of sitcom. Or... Do you think he, like, waved at him, or was he just skiing as hard as he could? <laughs> I like to think that he just, like, was skiing, and then he turned and saw some guy just sitting there cooking <laughs> some food over fire and just, like, winked at him, and then just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to consider that maybe he pranked him while he was down there. Like, he shoved some stuff, like, there's a pot of stew that he kind of kicked with the side of his boot <laughs> on the way down or something. Gotcha. <laughs> Some finger guns. <laughs> that would have been good, yeah. Because he didn't have any weapons anyway. So might I as hope... well just... That's such an odd circumstance. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm trying to think of what I would do in that situation knowing I'm about to just ski through the camp of the people that were just trying to track me down and kill me. Yeah, like, yeah. Do you think he went... If it were me, I think I would just scream as loud as I could just to cause <laughs> as much chaos and, and confusion. Like, Sensory overload. <laughs> yeah, or just like hope that a few people have synesthesia and you're just yelling like, Blue 3! Revive! <laughs> <gasps> it's just, no, just they're all plugging go, their ears. No, 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 no! no, no. <laughs> 3 um, isn't blue. <laughs> I wonder if people have a hard time watching football. Blue 42. No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. No dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of another one. The only thing I could think of was bingo, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Before. No. Before. No. <laughs> it's red. Red B. four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all I got. Thank you. I feel like I can go to sleep having learned something very fun. 
And yeah. hopefully Awkward Abe has some even more content to share when he is awkwardly trying to find things to talk about in conversation. Yeah. You know what? I think Awkward Abe, I think you should start off every conversation with just a fun fact you've learned from this podcast. And that way you get the awkwardness out of the way right at the gate. <laughs> and and you can just keep talking. And you don't have to leave room for awkward silence. So you just come right out of the gate running. It's, hey, my name is Awkward Abe. And did you know that uh, <laughs> Liechtenstein rented out the country once? <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> also, please introduce yourself as Awkward Abe. <laughs> that might break some of the tension too <laughs> oh man that was good stuff thank you for bringing that story to this podcast that was very learn me something worthy yeah i hope so okay um yeah so we're gonna have the listeners decide who wins and who loses yes uh, you can go vote just scroll down there's a direct link or you can go to our instagram twitter or reddit and there's a uh, a poll there, and that's all at Learn Podcast yep. on Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter. Yep. And uh, so the punishment for this week, I'm really excited about because it's really funny. <laughs> Caleb, can you can you tell them about it? Um, <laughs> we talked about this earlier, and we were just giggling. <laughs> um, the loser of this week's episode has to learn how to. Re- <laughs> How to read Korean. You don't have to learn what the words mean. You just have to learn the pronunciation, how to read. And then you have to film yourself on the Learn Me Something Instagram account reading something in Korean. The the news article or I I don't know. Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe we'll have, have the loser read just the news. And then maybe if we have any Korean speaking listeners uh-huh then they they can kind of just get like a extra little dose of the news <laughs> yeah, while, right. while they're here just you know be informed but everyone else can just laugh that the loser has no idea what they're talking about <laughs> i don't know it's just it's just so funny to me because apparently it's <laughs> the easiest language to learn how to read um so you just have to be able to know what sounds each shape makes synesthesia <gasps> Ooh. different shapes make different sounds but not really <laughs> um so yeah yeah i think that'll be really funny yeah i think that's about it if you haven't left a review or given us a star rating please go ahead now that the episode has concluded and go do that for us uh, that helps out a lot and uh listen you guys remember this week Just whatever happens, just keep skiing. Just keep skiing. Just keep Keep skiing. skiing. Take a little method Um, if you have to. Just that was a joke. um, Do not. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do drugs, kids. Seriously. Okay, uh, and if you do a thousand push ups, let us know. You'll join the thousand push ups club. With Josiah, you guys will be the two. Learn me something. I'm the sole member right now. Oh, man. All right. This was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah, this was very fun. Uh, I think that's all I got. 
Okay, me too. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We look forward to seeing your votes, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah, see you later. Play us out, Larry.